Welcome back to Dice to Pixels. Tonight we're going to talk about Hogwarts Legacy and Nintendo Direct. Timestamps are below for any of the topics that you're interested in. I think we'll start with Hogwarts. So you guys haven't been playing it. I have. Yep. Did you guys want to say anything? Do you want to ask questions or? Well, we've been we've been watching uh, one of our streamers that we tend to frequent uh, GTRP a lot. Uh, she's been playing um, Hogwarts mm-hmm. Legacy. Uh, Nikki Nikki is a riot. Yeah. Is the streamer. Um, and yeah, we, from what we've seen, it looks really good. It's surprisingly good. And I know you and Danielle have been going to wizard school a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're master wizards. So, uh, so she's put in, uh, I, I think 24 hours game time now. Uh, it was 23 earlier today, so it's, <laughs> it's gotta be 24 by now. And, uh, and I've put in, I don't know, 13 or so, uh, I am a lot faster than she is. So I've made more progress in less time, but, uh, that's fine. Uh, it is really, really good. So the menu system needs a lot of work. It's, uh, it's way too slow. Animations take way too long to complete. Uh, and that actually gets a little frustrating the longer you play it. Cause it's just like, Yay, I'm going to open the map. Give me three seconds, which doesn't sound like a lot, but trust me, when you've done it 800 times, it, it's too goddamn long. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, everything else is great. The the broom works great. The the whole beast, the the knapsack uh, way of collecting beasts is awesome. You can breed them. Uh, the room of requirement is a really cool feature. Uh, I've been thoroughly enjoying it, and the quests are... Not bad. Uh, it doesn't suffer too much from like the fetch quest. Um, there are a couple of fetch quests, but most of them are more like go and capture this specific type of beast rather than like just go and harvest a hundred of these plants. So I give it really high marks. I mean, not that that's surprising. I think pretty much everyone is giving it high marks. So, uh, but it's definitely been held holding my interest. I'm going to play it a bunch more this weekend. And uh, despite what I said last week on the podcast, I did end up doing the pre-order to get the extra three days of play. <laughs> yeah, that lasted what, like 30 minutes after or like immediately we went back upstairs. So in my defense, uh, we went upstairs after filming and we were talking about the fact that it was silly that they gave you like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to play ahead of time. And my wife, Danielle, was immediately sort of like, well, I could play it those days and I want to play it. Okay, fine. So I pre-ordered it. Uh, And then I used the New Zealand trick, which was fun. So um, if you set your Xbox console to New Zealand's time zone, (laughs) uh, you got to play from New Zealand's uh, midnight instead of your local midnight. So it got you like an extra whatever, six hours or something to play. (laughs) So, uh, so that was cool. I mean, it's, it's cool. It's a great game. I'm really enjoying it. Um, and, uh, what I do like is although I don't want to, I don't want to go too deep into any spoilers for starters. Uh, but what I will say is, um, you can get the unforgivable curses, at least three of them, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, which is cool. I have not, I'm trying to be a complete dark wizard. I want to be like Voldemort plus plus, uh, my goal was just to like wipe out everyone but the house elves because uh, <laughs> I mean, the elves, house elves are so freaking cute in this game. Um, but uh, I wanted to be super evil. The game doesn't let you be super evil, at least not yet. Uh, it's not like a Skyrim where you can just kill anyone and it's your fault if they were part of a quest. Uh, in this, you you can't like you just shoot through most people, which is 
uh, fine. I mean, it's just a different de- design decision. Yeah. I actually like games where you can completely screw up the game by killing the wrong person. But um, yeah, it's it's really good. And uh, I've been thoroughly enjoying becoming slowly more evil as the game progresses. So, yeah. Fun. So one of the uh, so one of the things that I noticed um, uh, Nikki was saying when we were watching her is that she was having a she was actually enjoying doing the side quests more than the main story. And it was because uh, a lot of the characters in it, because it's a, an original story that doesn't necessarily take place during the whole movies and books. It's yep. it's before everything, right? It's 100 years before. Yeah. So a, like there's a lot of characters in there that you don't really have a connection to if you're a fan of the series. Um, I think me personally, because I have, and this is going to surprise some of you. I have never seen any Harry Potter movies. I've never read any of the books. My knowledge of it is like, yes, I know what Harry Potter is. I know who Voldemort is. Cause I mean, it's hard not to it's hard not to right? yeah. exist in the world. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I would look at it from, it would be like my introduction to the world. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you would, how, how do you feel about it? Uh, yeah. So, uh, so I, I read the, I'm, I'm not going to tell the whole story cause it's a little long. Um, uh, if, if you're curious, uh, hit me up on discord or whatever. Um, but I read the Harry Potter series to piss off, uh, one of my friend's girlfriends. Um, by getting to the ending before she did uh she had she was keeping up with the series so when book seven released i read the entire series before she finished book seven um this was during finals and i just didn't study for finals i read harry potter instead um past them all by the way uh so anyways i that was my introduction but i actually ended up really enjoying the books the movies eh, what i mean child actors there's only so much you can do with it but they were good um, this story, this, so I have previously said on the podcast that I don't care about the story of games. I have actually found myself getting into this one, uh, a little bit. It's an interesting story. And I will say, I, I'm, I'm going to be, the, I'm being a little vague here cause I really don't want to spoil anything. It's, it's way too early to do any sort of spoilers. Um, well, I mean, technically the actual release is tonight today as we are recording exactly so, like yeah. when this airs people will have some people will have been playing it for mere hours so i i, I want to be very very careful about spoiling anything but there are excellent tie-ins to the hit like it tells you a lot more about the history of hogwarts whether you accept that as canon or not is is your personal choice but i think they did a really good job and um the end i think i can say this without spoiling anything at all the entire sort of premise of the game result revolves around um sort of the the creation of hogwarts the the whole game is about like ancient magic and there was like this super powerful version of magic that could construct reality uh that has sort of been lost and your character can see traces of this and and harness it to some extent obviously throughout the game you're going to like i haven't to be clear this isn't me spoiling anything i haven't got to any point in the game where i know what happens obviously you're going to become like the most powerful wizard that's ever existed or something like that um but that's really cool the idea Mm -hmm. that like hogwarts is this like the reason hogwarts is such a cool place and everything else is because it was actually created by this like super powerful magic uh and it's um 
you know, it, you get into the sort of like, oh, there are these massive cavernous, you know, semi-realities that are linked to Hogwarts in some way. And it's all just ancient magic. And it's very, very interesting. Kind of a cool story uh, that revolves around like the keepers of this uh, ancient magic and everything. That's uh, cool. That. Honestly, that sounds like a better story than the original series. Yeah, yeah, and I and and I'm just at the point where we're starting to kind of peel the onion of the of the story back around uh, like the misuse of that magic. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah, I'm I'm not going to say anything more than that because I I don't want to spoil anything. But uh it is a really compelling story so far. I hope they don't drop the ball in the third quarter or fourth quarter for that matter. Um, but like I'm uh, so basically the way it works is uh, each sort of main segment of the game, you advance a season. So you start in the spring and then you go through or sorry, you start in the summer, you go through fall and then I'm in winter now. And I'm assuming that when I go to spring, that's sort of the last sort of major stanza of the game and then you get into the sort of final quests i i'm assuming just the way things are progressing um and i just i hope they don't screw it up in in the next sort of in the spring so to speak Hmm. but so far it's one of the only games i've played in a very long time that have actually been i've been paying attention to i haven't been skipping cutscenes and everything else i will say that they desperately need to add like a dialogue speed factor uh because right now you can you can hit y to like skip dialogues but sometimes you wait too long and then you accidentally skip the other person's dialogue mm. which isn't a big deal but it's annoying i want like an option that's just like spend half as long i can read faster than that just like come on let me let me skip that so uh but yeah the story is super compelling i actually think it's probably worth it for people who are interested in the story um just to play it for that we have a cat running around our feet um oh and actually that's an important a very important feature of the game uh you can pet all of the cats when i saw that i was so excited oh my god (laughs) games always get well games now are letting you pet dogs but petting cats is just as important absolutely yeah um yeah so and and yeah super cool uh, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, I like that the cosmetic uh, adjustments are built in. You don't have to like unlock them. It doesn't look like there's any likelihood of you. Uh, I'm sure they'll offer paid cosmetics in the future that are like special ones. But when you pick up an item, you get the ability to use its cosmetic, whether you're wearing it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that because it kind of removes the too many games are like spend eight hours doing this quest to get this cosmetic. Screw that. Yeah. Not not into it. No. So. Yeah, it tends to be more uh tends to be more typical in uh like massive MMOs and stuff like that. And yeah. I yeah, I hate that crap. Um <clears throat> uh so have you been strictly playing it on the Series X or did you yeah. dabble with it on the PC at all? No. Um <laughs> so the when you buy it for Xbox, as far as I can tell at least, uh you only get it for Xbox. You don't get it for Windows as well, which that's unfortunate. It is. I mean, I'm not shocked or anything. Mm-hmm. I was hoping maybe you'd be able to uh, crossplay it on PC. I did briefly consider, and I might still buy it for the Steam Deck, but only once I've played it through. Because the annoying thing is there's no cloud saves of any sort. So, um, so there's certain progress that the Warner Brothers like fan account you can like link certain achievements or some yeah. nonsense. Uh, shouldn't call it nonsense. I'm sure there's lots of people that care deeply about that. I certainly don't. Um, 
but your save file doesn't. So I can't get my Xbox save file to a Steam Deck. Like I, I can't do that. So unless I'm starting a new save, I there's no point in getting it for another system. Uh, so, so far only the Series X. I am deeply curious how it runs on the Steam Deck. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually kind of want to know that too, because, uh, and again, uh, going back to the streamer we were watching, uh, there was one encounter early uh, where it looked like these big ogres had smoke or something coming from their shoulders, but I don't know if it was her PC, but everything, like all the smoke was rendering as like huge squares. Yeah, uh, there were there were a lot of known uh, PC like frame rate glitches and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, uh, it was probably not necessarily the PC. It was probably just the game being okay. broken. Uh, that was one of the patches that they landed today for the zero day update. Um, and uh, yeah, PC apparently was not a smooth launch. Uh, the Xbox and I believe the PS5 as well, uh, both super smooth. I had no issues at all. Uh, the only time I ran into an issue that was the game's fault was I I couldn't access the menu for a little while at one point. It just wouldn't Mm. come up. Uh, I could hear it coming up, but it wouldn't actually show. Hmm. But, uh, I think I just boundaried out of Hogwarts and then... It worked. So the the way actually this is worth mentioning in case you're curious and, and obviously haven't played the game yet. Um, the entire game tries very, very, very hard to be smooth loading like most modern RPGs do. Uh, so if you're coming up to a set of doors that like opens out into another section and it's not loaded yet, the doors just show a little loading spinner until it's ready to load and then you go through the doors. So it, there's no like uh, discrete loading it's not like I'm exiting the castle. Let me do a loading screen. Um, mm-hmm. The only time you really get that is when you're entering like certain caves, you actually do like an enter the cave. Uh, and um, there's certain places that uh, if you're doing a flu network or something, uh, which is the fast travel option in the game, it'll show a loading screen because you're going from one end of the world to the other. It has to do some loading. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise it's, it's all smooth loading. And I believe that the only reason they do it for the, the caves and stuff isn't because of loading times. I think it's just so that you don't end up with monsters accidentally making their way out of the caves and, and into the world. I think that's, that's all that is. So it's, it's really smooth. It's done well. I've encountered no bugs on the Xbox at least. So you didn't run into any, uh, frame issues coming out of the school. Uh, no, not really. Um, I mean, did it drop some frames? Sure. Did it drop enough that I was like, oh, that's broken? No, not at yeah. all. Because I was reading I was reading uh, a few little articles there where people were saying that once they've gotten once they got out of Hogwarts and into the, like the actual open world, they were noticing the frames were dropping like really, really bad. So so it's worth noting there are two different um, modes that the game. Well, there's more than that on the PC on the Xbox. I only saw the two, but there's there's performance quality. and fidelity. Yeah. If you're on uh, fidelity mode, you will experience frame drops in situations like that because it will try to render as much as it can. And although it tries to still deliver a 30 FPS experience, it doesn't always hit that mark. Um, but I've been running it on performance and, uh, I'm sure some people would find that annoying because it's not as beautiful, but I've experienced zero issues with frame rate or anything else running it on performance. Uh, I would like to try it on an Xbox series S 
Uh, mm. But I don't think I'm going to buy an S just to try it. <laughs> <laughs> that said, uh, Danielle's been getting more and more into playing the console. So there is a possibility that I might buy an S just to have a secondary uh, system that I can play other stuff on. Yeah, because I think uh, the visual limitations, I think it doesn't it doesn't do 4K. Doesn't do 4K. It's just 1080p. Uh, it's actually 1440 is, is its, it is its max. Okay. Um, but so, so the, the thing is, if I... If I recall this correctly, and I only read the article once and, and I'm not entirely sure I'm correct, but at least in, in the Hogwarts Legacy on the Series X, if you do it in performance mode, it drops to um, 1080p or, or slightly over 1080p to, to guarantee you frame rate. It still does the upscaling, but it's, it's 1080p upscaled. Um, on the Xbox Series X, it goes all the way down to like 720p or something, or maybe 900 or something like that. Uh, it's it's like substantially lower uh, in order to still deliver that that frame rate. Um, for me, I'm like I don't really care all that much as long as it still looks nice and and it does. But that said, I haven't tried it on an, on an S, so maybe it sucks on the S. I don't know. I do think the Steam Deck would struggle, but. I yeah, would love I've, to try it. I've I've heard that it's not optimized for Steam Deck at all, but it more or less functions on there. Yeah, well, they verified it for Steam Deck. Oh, did they? They, they did okay. get it verified, but at the same time, like verification on the Steam Deck basically means like, yeah, you can run the game and it works and it and it plays and it yeah. plays reasonably well. But reasonably well means different things to different people. Uh, certainly anyone who's trying, who's coming from like high, high frame rate PC gaming to the steam deck is going to hate it. Uh, they're, they're going to be like, this is choppy and shitty. And, but that's true of most games on steam deck. If, so. Yeah. If you go in with the expectation of it running as well as it does on your PC, then that's totally unrealistic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, uh, my experience has been nothing but good so far. The only things that I want changed are, uh, Dialogue speed needs to be needs to have an option to speed it up, and uh, the menus need to. You need to have an option to like don't play animations, just just open the fucking menu. <laughs> Some nice quality of life updates. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But so far, I've been have very happy with the game. The only thing that I think will um, make the game less valuable in the long run is that historically, uh, like based on the history of the studio and everything else, it's unlikely to get any mod support. Uh, so like Skyrim every week, I see new mods that people are doing. Actually, I want to talk about one a little bit later in the, in the episode, but like I see every week people are doing weird Skyrim mods and stuff. And that's just, I don't think you're going to get that at all mm -hmm. for Hogwarts Legacy, which means that the replayability and the longevity of it aren't, isn't going to be there. But, uh, I mean, Hey, if I get 30 or 40 hours out of it, that's a pretty good investment, especially if Danielle does too. Like that's, that's worth the money. Well, I know, I know Sarah. With you being a fan of the of Harry, the, the world, the universe. I mm -hmm. mean, I know you're looking forward to playing it. And yeah, I, I think I, I I look forward to playing it based on what I've seen, but I'm like I don't need to play it right now. Yeah, yeah, you're so, you're not gonna run out and get it at the ninety dollar price point. No, no, no. <laughs> I have so many other games to worry about right now. I think this one will be like my introduction to the world. Like when I do play it, it's it's going to be my introduction to it and it so much so that maybe I will go and read the books. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, 
honestly, based off of every other fantasy series that we've read, you won't like it nearly as much. Probably not. <laughs> well, I mean, I got to say the the Harry Potter books, uh, I'm going to make some enemies right now. Uh, the Harry Potter books were crappy books um, that yeah. told a great story. Uh, like they were they were pretty horrendous books that, that told a really cool story. I mean, um, it, saying it's a really a great story. It's 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 a standard heroes yeah i guess i guess it's the horcruxes specifically that are a great story that's the interesting part there yeah Yeah. and and to me that is the story i mean everything else is just sort of there to support the horcrux narrative yeah which is a really cool i mean i i'm not going to say it's a completely original idea but it's a really cool uh concept and and it's a really neat way of framing the sort of like hero villain Mm -hmm. attachment and everything else uh that's what made me like the books everything else i could take or leave the whole uh, up until Hogwarts Legacy, actually, the whole school and everything else, I'm like, that's just that's just a tool for child endangerment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but now now that they're adding this sort of backstory uh, through Hogwarts Legacy, now that they're adding this sort of backstory to the school, suddenly I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. I'm kind of on board with this. Uh, but in the original like Harry Potter books, I was like, I don't give two shits about Hogwarts. I'm all about Voldemort and like just the... The idea of magic being able to do things that just shouldn't be done, like throwing fireballs and keeping structures up and whatever, like who cares all that. But it's like, no, I'm going to straight up like attach parts of I'm going to like rip people's souls out and like intermingle them with other things. It's like that's fucking metal. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) Oh, Snape. Jesus Jesus fucking Christ. That's the only one I'm going to do. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> well, I won't repeat it <laughs> over and over. Um, but yeah, so so I that's Hogwarts Legacy. That's been my experience. Really good game. Uh, one of the first games in a while that I don't feel at all bad about spending full price on. I mean, I've said on the podcast before that I've been uh, more and more hesitant to buy full price games, especially story driven games, because like it's just not my major thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, this one's this one's really good. That's good. Yeah. By the way, did I ever talk about playing through Immortality after I actually played? no? Because okay. you were talking about remind doing that me, last week. Remind yeah. me later because I have I have some thoughts on that. <laughs> uh, Chad, did you want to talk about Nintendo Direct? Yeah. So Nintendo uh, this past week had their uh, developer direct and announced quite a few things. One of which actually really shocked me this is the second week in a row that i've been shocked by a uh by a by a publisher doing a developer direct and just shadow dropping a game the same day um yeah nintendo decided to remaster metroid prime which is probably one of my favorite metroid games of all time and drop it on the switch and the big shocker they they're not charging 80 freaking dollars for it yeah like that blew me away when I found out it's $49 Canadian. Yeah. That just blew my socks off because Nintendo is notorious for overcharging old games. Don't look yeah. at me like that, Nintendo. You know you do. Yeah, well, we, we well, have a whole episode on yeah. that that we haven't aired yet. Yeah, there, there's an episode. <laughs> yeah, this, it shocked me. I could not believe it. And I, I bought it I because Metroid Prime was one of those games where when it was in development, there were a lot of people that were, 
you know, ready to just come at Nintendo with torches saying, what are you doing to our Metroid series? Why isn't it a 2D game? Why isn't it a side-scroller? And then when the game came out and the people at Retro Game Studios, my God, they knocked it out of the park because that was a blockbuster. It was a great game. It controlled well. For a first-person shooter, it felt like a Metroid game. I was I was blown away, but I played the hell out of it, like repeatedly, and I'm going to do it again. I'm a little curious to see how the control scheme is. Um, I'm wondering if they implemented uh, when they came out with the Metroid Prime Trilogy Collection. I'm curious if they uh, implemented the motion controls like they, like they had on the Wii mm -hmm. with the uh, Joy-Cons. So I haven't played it yet. I will. But yeah, that was a very big surprise for me. Yep. I was shocked by it. Um, and also, too, they announced that the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance will be coming to the uh, Nintendo Online subscription service model. Excuse me. Uh, the game, the original Game Boy will be available if you're just a normal Nintendo Online subscriber. And the Game Boy Advance will be for those that have the Nintendo Online Plus. So uh, some of the games that they've had on there, like, sure, you have your mainstays and what have you. But the libraries aren't super, super big yet. I imagine they'll grow. Um, Devin. You'll be happy to hear that your Golden Sun game is going to be a part of the initial uh, the, uh, Game Boy. I think it's Game Boy. One of them. It's going to be on one of them, Devin. So, yeah, that was pretty cool, too. There's a lot of good classic games from those two consoles that, you know, really looking forward to getting back into again. Yeah. Um, I was saying earlier, um, I, I more and more I like I don't think you'll see me playing um or paying for a lot of Nintendo online Nintendo Plus. <laughs> Sarah just drank some of our monster. <laughs> Holy crap, that for no sugar, that's really fucking yeah, sweet. And now she'll never <laughs> sleep again. Um for I'm not a huge Nintendo fanatic. I've actually owned every system that Nintendo has produced. And I do like a bunch of Nintendo games, but uh, I've never been that hardcore into Nintendo stuff. The adding the Game Boy games and everything, I think is more likely to get me to subscribe to Nintendo Plus for a little bit, like do a sort of a one-time subscription. Uh, I think you can do it per month. You can definitely do it for a year. Uh it's the sort of thing that I'm like, yeah, every six months or something, if I can subscribe for like one month every six, just to like satisfy that nostalgia of old Game Boy games and whatever, I could totally see myself doing that. So I, I think they're heading for a recipe for success. And I think it kind of furthers what I've said before about Nintendo, which is they they really do seem to be leaning heavily into... um the the uh, the service they almost seem not to care about the actual consoles like they even said they're not gonna do anything with the switch this year mm -hmm. people were thinking that they were going to do a re-release or a, a rev of the switch or the new console or whatever and they basically said no no we're not gonna do that um and uh i think that just goes to show that they're starting to hit the point of uh you know, it's it's good enough. What more do you want? We don't have any groundbreaking control schemes for the next one. And everybody still likes playing Mario on the Switch. So we're good for now. We'll just keep making our software offerings better. I, I think that's great. I yeah. think that's the right thing for them to do for now. 
someday there there will be another console released, I assume, or they'll just start using the Steam Deck. Who knows? But uh, I, I think it's great. Uh, yeah. They're they're starting to win me over for sure. Yeah, nice. I think uh, one of the one of the announcements I was actually super 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 excited about uh, developer Sabotage Studios. Uh, who made quite possibly one of my top three games of all time, The Messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, they announced, they're working on a game right now called Sea of Stars. Mm-hmm. And it's an RPG that uh, it it's basically a homage to uh, Chrono Trigger, more or less. Like the game, the style of the game, how it's developed. But man, the, these folks at Sabotage Studio, their graphics, their graphical development and stuff is fan-freaking-tastic. They can do sprites. Like and the animations are amazing, but they announced that Sea of Stars is going to be released on August 29th, and there is de- a demo available now to play. And oh my god, I cannot wait to get into that demo because it, it this game takes place in the Messenger universe, but it takes place before the Messenger game. So they're kind of like fleshing out what world they had in that, and I'm really intrigued to see where this goes. And just to be super explicit, this is obviously for the Switch. Yeah, for the Switch. And it's going to be coming to Steam as well, I believe. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. So. Uh, yeah, that's neat. I admit to not having actually watched the Nintendo Direct at all. So, I mean, I was aware of Tears of the Kingdom announcements, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, I don't know. I I am sure that I am out of touch on Zelda, but I haven't been excited about a Zelda game for a while now. Um, and Breath of the Wild did nothing to to you know hype me up no. for for the next one. Um, but I, I guess lots of people care deeply about Zelda. There was a lot of information, so if you're interested in Zelda, there's a lot more information available now. But I I saw a little bit of it, and I'm like, that just looks like Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's all it looks like to me too. Yeah. It's a sequel. Yeah. Um I'm not interested. I've made it quite well known uh, <laughs> uh both on this podcast and in a previous life that I yeah, do yeah. not have Breath of the Wild ranked very high on my Zelda tier list. Yeah. Um yeah. and I am not looking for, like if I can if by some random act of god they Nintendo decides to uh be visited by three Christmas spirits one night and i can get the game for like less than ten dollars right i will play it but i have literally no interest in playing this this is in zelda games to me have always and i've said it before they've always been like a linear kind of you know you you go to this dungeon you do your thing there you get something that helps you in you know Mm -hmm. further areas and stuff like that and i like that adventure like with link to the past with ocarina of time uh wind waker when i remember how much flack wind waker got because you were in a boat most of the time mm-hmm. but it was really fun you know and i i dug it um and twilight princess is probably one of my favorite zelda games yeah um i breath of the wild there was a lot of stuff that just i didn't like i didn't want in a zelda game and tears of the kingdom i i'm sure it'll get reviewed well and I'm sure it'll be great and people will go absolutely apeshit for it. I won't be one of them. What they should have done, and, and I'm sure this is not what they should have done because I'm sure it wouldn't have made anywhere near enough money to be useful. But what they should have done was take Breath of the Wild and re-release the exact same game, but without like equipment decay. 
uh like damage and and breaking and and just released it for like 15 bucks and just called it breath of the wild 2 and i would have bought it <laughs> i would have played through that one actually because yeah, right. honestly that is the reason i stopped playing it like it, it's a it nice was... open world game but the equipment delay or delay decay yeah it, it, it delayed my game <laughs> it was so brutal it was like oh you hit something twice and and i think we've said like we talked about this before and it's like i don't care if that's maybe borderline realistic it's bullshit like i don't care if i'm using a rusty sword that's a million years old let me hit something more than twice yeah. with it it's i don't the- care that it's not realistic i let me <laughs> it's the, right? it's zelda like it's it's about being drawn into this fantasy world and you're the hero and it's it's about grabbing chickens and floating further while you're holding them like <laughs> so you can get that like heart container that's sitting on top of so and so's roof right you know the thing that annoyed me the most about it was when you finally get the master sword and in my head I'm thinking like haha I now have a weapon oh. that won't break no nope. mm. but nope it just runs out of energy and you still can't use it. Terrible. Yeah, I oh. that they should have re-released that game without the equipment decay, charged 15, 20 bucks for it, and people would have bought it. I would have bought it. I would have bought that and played it instead of Breath of the Wild. Cause like I ugh, that just ruined the game. Yeah. It like it was so bad. It was so, so aggressive that it just completely ruined the game. Yep. Yep. It, it's unfortunate that it is a Nintendo only game because if it had been on anything else that supports mods. One of the first mods would have been like, yeah. get rid of this BS. <laughs> Instant, day yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So anyways, yeah, I'm not excited about Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I might play it eventually, but as we've talked about on an episode that we will release at some point, uh, it's never going to go on sale. Like a lot of times with games, I'm like, well, I'll buy it when it's 20 bucks down the line. Yeah. But I know that's not going to happen with Tears of the Kingdom. So it's like, I'll probably never play it realistically. No. So... Yeah, yeah, and uh, they they also announced uh, Nintendo also now they gave everybody a look at Pikmin Four, which I didn't know was in development, but mm-hmm. cool. And uh, if you're a fan of the Advance Wars series, which I did play on the, um, I believe the DS, fun little strategy game, uh, in same vein as like Fire Emblem or whatever. Uh, they have uh, Advance Wars One and Two Reboot Camp will be coming out in April for the Switch. So if you're a fan of that series, you have that to look forward to as well. But all in all, I think this was a like it was a good developer direct like Nintendo actually apart from, you know, the Zelda stuff like they did really good at this one. Yeah. And, and let's let's be fair, like as much as none of us are interested in Zelda, it's not like there aren't millions of people that want to play that. game. Oh, yeah. Like There were people that wanted to know the information they were talking about with Zelda. We just aren't that group. And yeah. no, I thought it was a great like I said, I didn't watch the direct, but uh, I checked out most of what they announced and it's like yeah that all looks great good good job there was nothing that sort of felt ooh gross or yeah. or disappointing or anything else it was like yeah that that all sounds great good job way to go including the fact that they're not revis- revising the console i think that's a great move personally i would like to see more companies go down that path like even the xbox it's like i don't care about the next gen xbox don't bother just keep making games for the series x because like and i'm sure lots of people are going to tell me i'm an idiot for this but it's like when i'm playing hogwarts legacy i'm not like you know what i need is better graphics that's what i need to make this game it's it's like no it's beautiful it looks great i don't need more just and if you do need more 
get a get a gaming pc (laughs) yeah yeah get get a pc (laughs) it's so insane looking back and thinking about it just growing up in yeah in the age of uh going from atari to nintendo like the bit wars and all that and i remember i remember growing up and 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 that was the thing graphics was the thing right so you look at i remember looking at some nes games whatever um I brought up last week scrolling through a magazine during E3 and seeing like Castlevania three. And when you seen the, the sprites for, you know, the, the big uh, vampire bat dude yeah. that you ended up fighting and just like looking at the graphics and being blown away by that. Yeah. But then you hear about you reading about the super Nintendo stuff and seeing all of like the graphics. And we went on and on and on about it. And like oh, yeah. my buddy Jim and I, we would talk about it like, Oh man, the graphics, the graphics. And you kept seeing like, that upscale there was always that upscale and i for me i felt the last time i was like holy crap this is an upgrade was going from uh like the playstation 1 uh, n64 to the dreamcast yeah because to me that was like holy crap that was a jump because it looked sharp it looked bright and vibrant and it, it it looked impressive so much so that when i looked at a ps2 game i was just yeah yeah and so i think i think the last time that the the general community uh not not the hardcore gamers but the general community sort of had the graphics war was probably like i don't even know if ps4 definitely ps3 versus xbox there was a lot of like tit for tat on like teraflops and everything else I don't remember all that much with PS4. I think it was mostly no. the services, like the online stuff. And and with Xbox versus PS5 now, that's absolutely... I haven't heard anyone be say like, oh, they in real life, I've seen it on the internet, but that hardly counts. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard anyone talking about like, oh, that PS5 has better graphics than the Xbox by 4% or... Uh, nobody cares. It's like, if you want better graphics, go and get like a multi-graphics card gaming rig and you can have full ray traced water if you want but Mm -hmm. otherwise like it's just it's not relevant yeah i and it's funny you bring that up because i remember i do remember uh the 360 ps3 uh discussions were more centered around how the playstation 3 was just really hard to develop for because of its architecture yep and the 360 wasn't yep the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and I, I still remember this vividly. The day Sony won that console generation yeah. was with the whole DRM thing and Xbox mm-hmm. going really, really hard with, if you buy this game, it's your game and nobody else can replay it. Yep. You can only play it on your system. And then when I can't remember the president of Sony at uh, Sony America at the time, but when he came when he came out and they're like, here's how you can share games on a PlayStation. <laughs> That was at E3 that year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the last time I remember it being actually significant. In one fell swoop, the PlayStation 4 just completely decimated the Xbox One. And you see an Xbox backpedal like afterwards and they're like, no, 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 no. You can, no, we're going to get rid of that. You can. And I, with Game Pass and all that, like they've learned their lesson. But I remember that had nothing to do with graphics and everything to do with just well, and, and now Xbox has gone so far back from that edge that, uh, especially with things like buy it for the Xbox and you get it for the PC as well, um, like they've 
they've gone so far the other way that it's it's fantastic and that's one of the reasons why they're they're winning the the war so to speak at least i think they are um i think i think we would all agree here we're all xbox yeah. fans yeah sony just is making some weird decisions they, they have been for a while they really are yeah it's weird like nintendo i know where they're going at least i think i know where they're going xbox i absolutely know where they're going or at least trying to but mm-hmm. with sony i'm like i what what are you trying to sell me on? Like, I'm not sure. I'm not clear on what your strategy is. I don't is. think they really know either, to be <laughs> perfectly honest. That is possible. <laughs> um, so we're actually uh we're actually later into the episode than I thought we were. So uh why don't uh why don't I tell you the immortality bits? Uh, yes. just talk about it just briefly. There's, I'm I'm actually quite curious about this. There's nothing revolutionary here, but um so there's First of all, just a little bit of backstory for anyone who's new. Uh, as I said earlier, I'm a bit of a uh, jerk when it comes to games because like people spend hundreds of hours of, of writing time and everything else, probably more than that, making games amazing, giving them great stories. And like I blow through most games without paying two shits about the, <laughs> the story. Uh, and Immortality is a full motion video game. That's That's all it is. It's just story. And, um, I had given it a shot initially and just couldn't really get into it. The, the video and everything is really, really good, but the, the story wasn't doing that much for me because it's, it's three different movies and trying to piece them all together. wasn't my cup of tea, but I went back through trying to be more deliberate about it. And, uh, I did not finish, I finished the game, but I didn't finish the game. So there is an underlying story that only once you find the underlying story, I was hooked. The backtracking part? Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. I wasn't going to say anything about how to get there, but yes, exactly that. That's one of its main features was the backtracking. Yeah, I know. So so once I discovered it, once I actually discovered the legitimate story behind the story, I was absolutely hooked. However, I unlocked about i'm gonna say about half of the clips in the game and i had already figured out exactly what was going on and exactly how it was gonna end like down to like i had the dialogue right because i eventually i i stopped playing and and just googled the ending because i was like i know where this is going (laughs) just just show me the fucking ending and i was like exactly right like it, it was just exactly the way i already had put it together in my head but I couldn't get there because it's so hard to find the rest of the damn clips. I know, right? The navigation in that game is horseshit. I, when you were talking about with a having a piece of paper and a pen and writing stuff down in my head, I'm like, good fucking luck, buddy. It did not work. It <laughs> no. didn't help at all. <laughs> the navigation in that game is terrible. Uh, but with that said, uh, I sat down and I spent about four hours going through it. And within that four hours, it was one of those like, okay, I'm I'm totally sold on this story. This is amazing. The only catch is, like I said, like I once I had unveiled enough of what was going on in the sort of underlying story, it's like, okay, well, she's basically told me what's gonna happen. And and he's basically told me what's gonna happen. And I know what's gonna happen, but then I looked it up, and the first thing I looked up was just like, how do I how do I get to the end? Like, what do I actually need to find? And basically everyone said, like, you have to unlock all of the clips 
And these are the specific clips that you have to have seen. And I'm like, cool, I've seen most of those clips, but you're telling me that I like still have to just stumble aimlessly for how many more hours until I unlock every last clip before I can finish the game. And uh, I played for a little bit longer and then I was like, fuck it, I'm Googling this. So I did. And sure enough, I was exactly right about how it ended. So I didn't, I didn't ruin anything mm-hmm. for myself. That would that it would have been a really great game if they had sorted out the navigation. I, I yep. once I discovered what the game was truly about and everything else, absolutely hooked, loved it. But goddamn, they needed to fix. Like once you once you know the problem is once I knew what I was looking for, it didn't help me find anything. It wasn't yep. like oh okay cool this is the next clue that I need to pursue. It was just like no I just need to go and click random things in random clips until I discover the next one. Yep. So, yeah, uh, really artful game, really cool, great story underlying. Really, really enjoyed the way it all came together. But goddamn, that navigation was atrocious. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's hard to impress upon people who haven't played it and don't really know a whole lot about it. Just what it does stylistically and and how to approach it without spoiling the actual underlying story with it. Yeah, well, that's, that's why I'm yeah. being so careful not to actually yeah. say anything because, like, if I say, if we say anything about the underlying story other than there is one, yeah, it it spoils it. Yep. yep. So, great game. <laughs> Shit navigation. <laughs> Do you think the navigation sucks just because of the style of the game? Uh, well, kind of. So, so the way the navigation of the game works is... Um, it's the the idea is that you're like matching uh, objects within a frame and it will take you to another clip that's similar in some way that like has that object as well or something, except it doesn't work that cleanly. So no. it's like you, you click a lamp and maybe it takes you to another lamp or maybe it takes you to a window or, or who, who the fuck knows. Um, and uh, there are a few, there seems to be some link between the object in a frame and the underlying bit of story that it's telling, like there are, uh, there are references, there are like biblical references and everything all throughout. I mean, the the movies that it that, that it's talking about are basically biblical movies, um, and uh, you know the the rose has a certain. I think there is an intentional connection between the rose in the frame and the underlying bit of story that that connects to. But that doesn't help you find the frame that has the rose in it. That doesn't help you locate that clip. You still have to just stumble around until you find the right clip in order to get to the underlying story. Um, If they made it so that you could like, oh, cool, I'm looking for this missing piece of the tail that I've started to unwind in my mind. So I need to find this object. If you could like search for the object or Mm -hmm. something, I think it would be a lot better. I think in... Her story. Her story. Yeah. They use search terms in that one. They did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm going to play it. I'm going to try it out because my buddy Aaron told me a little bit about it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it it sounds more like that. You're sort of querying the system. Uh, I think it's probably better uh, in that regard. But Mm -hmm. yeah, you literally see the basically just have to spend hours stumbling through the clips until you find them all. Then you can play the game. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, it's kind of gross. But... (laughs) <laughs> the story is super fun. I yep. really enjoyed yep. it. Uh, yeah. So we've uh, we've got a little bit of time left. Uh, do you guys want to talk about these next couple things, or should we jump into pimping some uh, 
some kickstarters and stuff let's pimp some shit that's stuff uh sarah what are you oh yes i talked a few weeks ago about a kickstarter i backed called D. &T. it is t that's D, D themed obviously it has five days left though so it is finishes on february 15th i believe if i counted the calendar right so yeah if you like tea and D, &D go check that one out there i'll put a link in the bio bio below <laughs> link in the description that I'll one put a link in the bio so um the first one so so the first thing that i'm going to pimp is actually not a kickstarter it's just a sort of a public service announcement if uh if you have a Steam Deck and you're looking to upgrade the SSD, uh, it can be a little tricky to find those. Uh, I'm going to drop a link in the description below. There is a company framework that has ordered a bunch of SSDs that are uh, compatible with the Steam Deck. And they're like legitimate, uh, they're Western digital SSDs that are compatible with the Steam Deck. Uh, they're also compatible with their products, but they are specifically compatible with the steam deck so if you want a legitimate source because it's it's kind of sketchy to get these sometimes if you want a legitimate source for a two terabyte i think ssd for your steam deck link in the description uh they're they're hard to come by legitimately uh, not legitimately but like <laughs> rep, reputable <laughs> sellers are hard to come by let's put it that way uh, so, they don't, uh, I hear you're looking for uh, an SSD for right. your Steam Deck. Yeah, it's it's more like uh, this one looks like it should work, but they don't actually say whether or not it does. And I can't figure out if these ones do. They they specifically say they do. I have not tested it personally, but they they specifically say they support uh, Steam Deck. So uh, it's it's a rare opportunity to get something that, you know, will work. So trust me, it's going to double the size. Just don't ask me where I got it. That's right. No one opening a trench coat to show off all of their right. SSDs. What you boy? <laughs> I mean, it is basically the internet, and it has legitimately been the internet equivalent of that. Uh, <laughs> I might get one and crack open my Steam Deck to upgrade it, except that uh, in my experience, also FYI, I've been playing every game on the Steam Deck off of the micro SDs, and they've been working great. So yep. I... I'm not sure I care, and I'm not sure if other people should care or not. I'm sure there are games where it would matter. If I was playing Hogwarts on the Steam mm -hmm. Deck, I would probably upgrade it. Yeah, my colleague at work, she has the the mid-range one, and she has a bunch of uh, Nintendo emulators on hers, and she runs everything off of uh, the... the I lost my words. Microsoft. Yep, that's the yeah, word. And, uh, and even uh, I played Stray off of the MicroSD, and that worked great. So it's not just uh, like it legitimately good looking games and everything it's not just you can play 2d art games or something like you can play full-on triple mm -hmm. a ish games uh off of the micro sds so i don't know if i'll upgrade uh i might we'll see but it is nice to be able to have a legitimate source for them so anyways that's that's into the description um the next thing is there's another game table that i uh, found uh, on mm -hmm. Kickstarter. Game Theory Tables is doing another run. They've they've done a run previously. Uh, they're introducing a new table, which is called the Meeple's Champion, and it's this one's U.S. the The last one that I talked about a few weeks ago was in the U.K. This is a U.S. company, and um, two things. One, uh, it's a nine hundred ninety nine dollar Kickstarter price for the table with free shipping. 
which beats the piss out of uh, <laughs> Wormwood. Uh, and also, the shipping to Canada, they say duty included, is 490 USD. So I priced it out, and for a Meeples champion and a topper shipped to Canada, should only be around 2600 all in, including the conversion. So that's, that's Canadian dollars. Um, which is given that when I priced out the Wormwood table equivalent, I think it was like 4,500. That's a, that's a hell of a deal. Um, so with that said, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying these are good tables. They look good, but I haven't seen one. Uh, and then they have their, their bigger, better one, which is the, the lit, they're calling it the lit, which has built in LEDs, which I personally think is kind of dumb, but, uh, it, it looks, looks like a good table. It looks kind of sharp though. It looks kind of neat. Oh, it, it looks really sharp. It's it looks sparkly. like a good table and, and I like the table. I just, I don't know that I care about the LEDs. Fair enough. Yeah. Hell yeah. I do, however, prefer their approach to putting the cup holders in the actual table edge. Like, I know it's a thicker edge as a result, but I actually think that makes more sense. I've I've used Wormwood tables and, and their magnet system works really quite well, but I'm always paranoid that I'm going to knock. Like, if I was using one, I'm, I, I just, I always feel like I would just knock the cup out. Whereas this, it's like, it's built into the table. You're not knocking anything yeah, out. Yeah, no, I'm... <laughs> definitely on board and i i like the the wider edge too yeah. because like gives, gives you somewhere to rest your arms exactly and then if you are playing a, a ttrpg like you have some place you can put your notes if you're uh if you're pen and paper like me yep yeah i i think they look super sharp uh and uh, i actually there's a possibility that i'm actually going to order one of these um the the one thing that i don't love about the meeples champion which is the cheaper of the two by far is uh it's only a two inch deep vault so uh, you're not probably getting minis and stuff in there. Uh, it works for a board game, but not anything with too much depth. But, uh, you know, still, uh, it looks super sharp. I might get one. Uh, I might even consider getting one to replace our podcast table down here. We'll, we'll see. But uh, so that was one. And then cool. the other one, I, I found this and I'm going to back it. And the reason I'm bringing this one in particular up, this Kickstarter, is because it's such a small Kickstarter that... Uh, you know, as much as we don't have a lot of viewership, uh, if if a few people back this, it will actually like fulfill their funding goal. Their funding goal is like a hundred dollars. It's uh, from what I can tell, it's this person's first uh, kickstarted module, and it's about uh, it's about a Matrioska shell, uh, Matrioska world, so to speak. But he doesn't call it that. It's called the machine, and it's basically um, you know concentric spheres with different levels. It's, it's almost like draws some parallels from like the, the seven circles of hell, except in this case, it's the 15 levels of the machine. Um, it looks super cool. It's like a semi hard sci-fi, uh, Kickstarter or a D and D module that mm -hmm. kind of looks cool. And, uh, yeah, it's, I think it might even be funded by now. I, I haven't looked in the last, uh, couple of days, but, uh, not quite yet. Not quite. Well, nope, there's only four backers so far. There you go. But yeah. they have a nice small goal. So, uh, yeah, just a few more will get yeah, them with, over. With four backers, they're halfway to their goal. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to back it. Um, and honestly, if needed, I may just kick in what they need to actually fund just because why not? Uh, I mean, the physical soft cover of the book itself is $34 Canadian. 
Yes. Now I will say, be careful if you're backing for the higher tiers, because those are only unlocked if they, if he's hitting certain stretch goals. Mm. Um, I don't know what they'll do if they don't hit those stretch goals. I mean, if it were me, I'd just say keep it, but you know, I just be warned that you aren't guaranteed to get that. Uh, but yeah, it looks cool. I it's it's rare that you see a Kickstarter that isn't funding but has a cool premise and and like is so small that mm. that our little pokey podcast could actually make I know. A I, I've started reading through this thing and I'm like I want to be in this world. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going to back it for sure uh because I I'd love to give it a read. I I'm not expecting ma- uh amazing things. I mean, it is this person's first uh fully fledged uh campaign book that they're publishing so i'm not expecting miracles but it's also what is it five dollars to get the pdf yeah the entire premise in itself just sounds really cool so it does it It, gives you someplace interesting to build off of and also uh it gives you what you need like if if i was going to play this i don't think i would play it in uh in dnd which to be fair i don't think they ever say that it's dnd specific um i think it's just a ttrpg setting Mm -hmm. uh i would play it in starfinder that would think, make sense. I think it's, it would. Yeah. yeah. Well, before we go, I want to pimp out my boys in forevergaming.co.uk. They're a fantastic gaming clan that uh, Sarah and I have been a part of. They're great. Check them out. That's my pimp of the week. <laughs> I should uh, I should actually hop on there at some you point. Should. Yeah, they're they're great. Have, the guys yeah. and gals there are absolutely fantastic, top-notch folk. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a great little community that I'm damn proud to say that I'm part of. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they're great. I, I mean, I've seen some of the stuff that they do and, and a couple of them have dropped into our discord and everything. Yeah. Uh, they do seem like absolutely lovely people. At some point I should actually join the clan. Yep. Uh, yeah. With, With that, that I, I think we'll, we'll head out. Chad, do you want to do the honors? Absolutely. Hey, like give this one a thumbs up. If you like it, uh, check us out on our discord. If you, if you're not a part of it, please join us, have a chat with us. Got questions. We got a little thread in there that you can ask them. And uh, tell us what you're playing this week. What are your thoughts on the new Nintendo Direct? What's your thoughts on Hogwarts? Have you played it? Do you plan on playing it? Let us know. Let me know because this is going to be my introduction to it. And we'll see you next week.